So this particular midday meals program was actually functional within some of those tea plantations in the Thalavakali area and Kandy district as well. The people you mentioned, the tea estate workers, economically they're not well off, aren't they? Actually, as I mentioned, their history sort of dates back to around 200 years when their ancestors were actually brought into the country as migrant workers from Tamil Nadu in India to work in the very first tea plantations that were established during the 19th century by the British and the current Indian Tamil community that you see in Sri Lanka most of them actually have roots to those very early indentured laborers that brought in now they are very much uh, currently working within the tea plantations and they're not indentured anymore they get paid a daily wage but of course we see this phenomena of intergenerational poverty and malnutrition that has persisted within these plantation communities as a result of their 200 year history where through much of that period they have had very low income levels they have not had political representation due to not being granted citizenship rights uh, till around 2003 and not having access to the same educational opportunities and the healthcare services that citizens of Sri Lanka have access to so all these factors together have sort of compounded together to form this issue of intergenerational poverty and malnutrition that we see in the Indian Tamil population in Sri Lanka We as an SBS Tamil interviewed some politicians from the upcountry in Sri Lanka recently even today they are fighting for minimum wage of 1000 rupees a day yes that so. is correct in fact that fight for a, a decent minimum wage has persisted for a long time in fact during the time that i was actually undertaking this survey in these plantations mid survey there was another strike that came up for higher wages and uh, that actually did a bit of a toll on the survey activities as well because uh, factories closed down and plantations simply shut down during those strike periods so it has been this persistent call to establish a minimum wage within this sector and i also think that a reason for this possibly is the fact that close to 80% of plantation workers in sri lanka actually work for small holder plantations whereas the regional plantation companies which are in a better position to provide better facilities to workers the actual number of workers that work for these regional plantation companies is is quite small and that's possibly a, a reason behind not being able to push for that the minimum wage because it's very difficult to reach consensus when there's such a large spread let's get into the details of your work you had looked at midday meals program when did they start midday meals programs specifically children's midday meals programs are a very popular tool or mechanism or intervention that's used in a lot of developing countries to drive child growth a lot of these programs have been there for quite a while and specifically in countries like india uh, you see a lot of state sponsored midday meals programs being run similarly we also see midday meals programs in countries like pakistan and even in developed countries like the us you do get some midday meals programs which specifically target certain disadvantaged communities or identified marginalized communities in the country but what we see in most cases is that these midday meals programs are predominantly state sponsored 
And at the same time, they're often used as a mechanism, not just to drive child growth, but also to drive educational outcomes in children. So most of these programs are implemented through schools and they sort of provide an incentive for children to attend school and at the same time receive a meal and that would then do the dual task of driving up their educational outcomes as well as their nutritional outcomes. So what was unique in this program that we looked at was that unlike the usual state-sponsored midday meals programs that we see even in Sri Lanka at the school level, the MJF midday meals program actually targeted children below the school going age, children between the ages of six months up to five years. So in these plantations where the program was run, actually run via what we call the child development centers in these tea plantations. Now, child development centers also have a fascinating history attached to this. They're a child care mechanism that has come into being in these tea plantations specifically because of the very high number of female workers working in these tea plantations. So through history, we see that much of the tea industry employment is actually female employment in the form of tea pluckers. And historically, there's been a very high proportion of women who work in these tea fields and uh, therefore a mechanism was needed to take care of their young children during the working hours of the mother. And therefore, this childcare system sort of got established within tea plantations very early on. And this particular midday meals program is actually implemented via these childcare centers or child development centers. While not all children living in the plantation or the estate actually participates in the program, they do have access to the program, but the program participation is limited to those children who attend these child development centers. And that's essentially children of workers, the, the plantation or estate. A cynic may say these child development centers and the midday meal program are a way for these tea estate owners to entice women to encourage them to work more by leaving their children at the child care center it definitely acts as an incentive because uh, you know that your child is taken care of and is provided a balanced midday meal that would inherently act as an incentive for them to continue working within the tea plantations but of course even those tea plantations that don't run the MJF midday meals program they too still have these child development centers child development centers are mandated by the plantation human development trust and all all these plantations need to have at least one facility which is going to take care of the children of the women who work in the plantations but i agree with the fact that the midday meals program would definitely provide an incentive this is sbs tamil broadcasting in tamil throughout australia we are listening to an interview with udeni de silva pereira who has done some research on the growth impacts of access to midday meals program in sri lanka Okay then tell us about your work you have looked at the midday meals program over a period of time did you target a particular group of children or was it randomized give us the details 
There were a couple of different aspects of the MJF Midday Meals program that we looked at. First and more importantly, focus was on establishing whether the program actually worked in the sense that it was able to reach the objectives of improving growth in TSD. This was actually a very critical point, specifically given the age group of children we were looking at, the very young children, and therefore it was important to establish whether the programs actually work. Often times we see that with regards to welfare programs similar to these midday meals programs or it could be cash transfer programs. Often when welfare programs of this nature are implemented within vulnerable communities and you do monitor them all the time, we see that sometimes they don't exactly deliver desired result. And the reason is because most of these welfare programs don't work in a vacuum. And therefore, their outcomes are not just dependent on how well the program is defined, but also on the environment in which the program is actually implemented. So this is also the case with the MJF Midday Meals program. So it was critical for us to establish that fact first, whether the program was actually working or not. And then we also looked at ways of further improving the program because, again, welfare programs of this nature within developing countries and those which focus on vulnerable communities tend to become stagnant over time. And that potentially reduces the effectiveness. And it also impacts the equitability of the program where the benefits of the program are now not equally spread across the communities. So that was another aspect we looked at. And we finally also look at the implementation of the program and sort of comment on the scalability and viability of this program and the possibility of implementation in other similar communities. Now, to do this, we used a randomized field survey method where we randomly selected plantations with and without the MJF Midday Meals program and we tracked the growth of children in these two groups across time. The overall sample actually contained growth information from around 1,279 children. 799 of these children lived in plantations that had the Midday Meals program while around 480 were from plantations that didn't have it and we used midwife and child development center records to sort of track the weight and height of these children from January of 2013 up to June of 2015. So a little over two years. And we use this data to compare growth across the two groups to establish whether the program actually worked. Other than the height and weight of the children, did you also look at the cognitive metrics like IQ or any such in your research? We didn't have any uh, data on their cognitive ability or their, say, educational outcomes, etc. But there were a few other child-level variables that we looked at, like the gender of children, their ethnicity. We also looked at the level of parental care they received. We used different proxies to sort of measure how well they're taken care of by their parents. We also used some institutional-level data on how good the child development centers were, their quality, etc. And all these were sort of fed into the model to tease out the program effect. I wanted to ask that as a question, but you have touched on that. Did you find any difference in the effectiveness of this midday meals program based on gender? Yes, so it's very interesting that you know that. I'll just run through what the overall results suggested and some of the finer patterns that we saw. 
overall, our models reveal some very promising trends across all these different measures of child growth. And in each case, we see that having access to the MJF Midday Meals program clearly improves child growth over time. We looked at a couple of different parameters. We consider children's weights and heights adjusted for their age. We also look at their weight adjusted to their height. And we also look at the proportion of children who are underweight, proportion of children who are stunted, proportion of children who are basted in these two groups. Underweight, stunting and waist are usually used to represent children whose weight is not adequately developing according to their age or their height is not adequately developing um, based on their age. And of course, wasting refers to low weight for height. And if you look at the likelihood of underweight uh, stunting and wasting, there were some very promising trends that we saw. For example, we see that the odds of a given child being underweight decreases by around 0.45 if the child has access to the midday meals program. Now, in percentage terms, that's quite a sizable decrease in their likelihood of being underweight. Uh, is around 45% decrease in the odds of being underweight, which is a quite a strong impact. We also see a similar impact with regards to the likelihood of wasting, where we see that the odds of a given child being wasted decreases by around 0.47 or 47% if they had access to the midday meals program. So all these sort of uh, generally tell a very good story of the positive impact of the program on child growth. But when it came to the weight for age and height for age improvements, we did see some interesting trends, specifically with regards to gender, as you noted. Uh, we saw that the positive impacts of the program on the weight for age and height for age of children were actually more or in real terms or based on magnitude. The impact was seen to be a bit more on girls than on boys. And this sort of hinted that perhaps there may be an issue around the equitability of the program with respect to gender. But that could uh, very well be stemming from certain parental attitudes towards girls and boys that we see in these tea plantation communities in the country. What we saw was very interesting in the sense that in many of the South Asian countries, we see this inherent phenomena of the positive bias towards boys. But of course, as I mentioned, in this tea plantation communities, the bulk of the workers stems from women. And even at the family level, women uh, usually are the main bread earners in, in this industry. And therefore, the results sort of hinted at uh, the possibility of there being a bias at the family level towards female children, a positive bias possibly towards female children than male children, given that unique setup in the tea plantation community. Apart from gender bias, were there any sort of difference between their social status? We also saw another important and interesting trend, which was that most of the positive impacts on the weight per age and height per age of children through the program actually was seen on the cohort of children who were born with above average birth weights. And so that sort of hinted that the MJF Midday Meals program itself might be helping the positive growth trends of children who were born with higher birth weights. Now, that's particularly important because there is a significant percentage of low birth weight births within the plantation sector, as national statistics indicate as well. 
So that was one key area of improvement that we identify as researchers in sort of trying to promote the midday meals program amongst, specifically amongst those families that do have children with low birth weight, to be able to get those families to attend the midday meals program more regularly so as to uh, get the maximum benefit of the program. Because remember, at the end of the day, the program is implemented at the CDC level or the Child Development Center level. But whether children actually participate in the program or not is very much a parental decision. And therefore, it's almost the requirement for information to be provided to parents would then give them the necessary insights into you know, making that decision as to whether they send their children to the CDC or not. In fact, I have um, an anecdote from my field research. I still remember how the midwife weighed one of the children and she marked his weight on his growth card. Now, this growth card is actually similar to what we have in Australia, which is the green book. I remember the midwife marking the child's weight on the growth card. And I could clearly see this trend of how this child's weight had been improving. So there was an upward trend up till a particular point. And after that point, the weight sort of started tapering off. And she showed that point to me and she said, uh, see here, this was when he stopped taking part in the midday meals program. And that I thought was quite a very strong evidence on the ground of the type of effects that these programs have on individual children. Often we as statisticians or economists, we look at the broader picture by looking at average growth across samples of 1,200 children across time. And we often don't consider those tiny person level effects or individual level effects. So that was a very strong example of an individual level effect that these kinds of programs have on child growth. Finally, Udeni, what's next? When I ask that question, I ask in two parts. One, what's next for you? And two, what's next for the midday meals program in the tea estates in Sri Lanka. With regards to the next steps of this particular project, as I mentioned, I worked with a couple of research partners, firstly Dilma and the MJ Foundation, who do this wonderful work in the tea plantations through these programs. And of course, a report of these findings and our recommendations as researchers will be handed over to the MJ Foundation. And hopefully the recommendations that we put forth would then be incorporated into consideration when improving this program. And I also believe that these programs, from the point of view of MJF, they're always looking to expand these programs and scale these programs to other areas that they work with or other tea plantations that they work with. And uh, the report, therefore, will give them some very clear insights into which aspects of the program need uh, tweaking or changing and trying to scale it or implement it in other similar settings. And similarly, a report will also be handed over to the Plantation Human Development Trust. Uh, as I mentioned, they're the main government authority which, which oversees the well-being of 
all plantation communities in the country. And therefore, this kind of results and uh, especially the scalability of these programs, which we found to be highly scalable and highly viable in these plantation environments, would surely be a motivation for them to try to implement state-level interventions of this nature in other smallholder tea plantations as well. And as for my work as a researcher, I do very much hope that I will continue to work with foundations similar to the MJF Foundation and other charitable organizations that do work in Sri Lanka and provide my insights as a statistician and an econometrician in these projects. Because as I mentioned, in developing countries, specifically in vulnerable communities, you do get a lot of charitable organizations, state-level interventions happening, which focused on improving the living standards of communities. And it's very important that the policy that drives those interventions are evidence-based. And that's the kind of research that we at RMIT Center for International Development actually look into. So evidence-based policies that drive development in developing countries and uh, evidence-based research to, to uplift the living conditions of many of these vulnerable communities around the world. That's where I'm headed. Great thinking, Udeni, and uh, great work. Appreciate you your so time and detailed answers to all our queries. Thank you very much. Thank you. இது போன்ற மேலும் பல நிகழ்ச்சிகளை கேட்க வேண்டுமா ஆப்பிள் பாட்காஸ்ட் கூகுள் பாட்காஸ்ட் ஸ்பாட்டிஃபை என்று பாட்காஸ்ட் கிடைக்கும் பல வழிகளில் நீங்கள் நிகழ்ச்சிகளை கேட்கலாம்